0: Second Kings 19, if you're there, shout a great big amen. going to read about seven verses, and then we're going to go to another passage. Verse number one of Second Kings 19. And it came to pass, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, which was over the house, and, and Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, hath sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. And wherefore lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. And so the servants of, of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Isn't that pretty awesome? Look at that verse again, verse 7. Behold, I will send a blast. Everybody say that word blast. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land land. I want you to put your marker there. We're going to come back there, but go with me now to the book of Acts, chapter number one, Acts chapter number one. I want to read one verse here in the book of Acts, and as you're turning, for those of you that may not be aware, I want to make you aware that you can now actually listen to our podcast. It's available uh, on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify very soon, hopefully on Google Podcast. And we're also working to get it on Pandora. And so our music will also be available at some point. We're excited about that. So be sure to check that out. Amen. Verse number 8, of chapter 1 of the book of Acts. But you shall receive power. Everyone say power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Put you a marker there. We're going to deal with that a little later. Going back to Second Kings chapter 19, verse 7, behold, I will send you a blast. I will send a blast. With the help of the Holy Spirit today, I want to come to you on this thought, one word, detonate. Detonate. Look at somebody and say detonate. Come on. Tell them real quick. Detonate. Come on. Turn around and tell somebody detonate. Tell somebody it's time for detonation. Come on. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. Jesus, we thank you for all you've already done in this place, for your presence that we have felt for how you've already moved in the altars, Lord, how you've already touched us and strengthened us. and Lord, we declare over this place it is a house of miracles. And we believe you're not finished with the purpose that you brought us together today. So, Lord, we ask you to come alive in this place, Lord, with your power and anointing and presence. We ask you for a Holy Ghost explosion today. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will pull the trigger today and let there be a move of your spirit like we've never known. Let hearts be stirred. Let hearts be moved upon. Have your way. We give you this time. Use us, Lord, as a vessel in your hand. Lord, we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Thank you, Brother Tim. I want you to go with me, if you would, back to the book of 2 Kings chapter 19. Hopefully you're still there. I want us to walk, if we can, through these verses that we've read. We're going to lay just a little bit of groundwork. I want to ask you to stay with me today. We're going somewhere, but we've got to have a little bit of time to get there. So please listen as best you can to that. I believe the Lord would speak to us today. First of all, we find in chapter 19 of 2 Kings that King Hezekiah was sent a word that destruction was coming And the Lord himself would not be able to deliver Jerusalem out of the hand of the king of Assyria. If you back up to the previous chapter, the messenger that came actually told uh, the the ones that King Hezekiah had sent, told him, listen, all of these other nations, their gods have not been able to deliver them, so who do you think your Lord is that he's going to deliver you? Matter of fact, when they came to bring this message, the people were standing on the walls of Jerusalem listening, and, and, and those that were there that the Bible calls out in chapter 19, uh, those that were standing there, Eliakim and Shebna, those that were, were, the, were the ones that King Hezekiah had sent, they actually asked these messengers of the king of Assyria to speak in the Assyrian tongue because they didn't want the Jews to understand what they were saying because they were speaking in the Jewish language. They responded and said, Nope, they're going to hear it. And so they even louder began to scream it out unto the Jews that were on the wall and say, Don't let King Hezekiah deceive you. Your God is not going to deliver you and begin to call for them to surrender and to bring gifts unto them. So they would not be destroyed by the king of Assyria. You see, this message was delivered by Rabshaka, which was the king of the officers. He was the chief cupbearer cup of the king of Assyria. He was the messenger from an evil leader. Isn't that how the devil works? Isn't that what he does? That he he sends messages our way that is meant to bring us into a let me just stop for just a second because we gotta recognize some guests over here on the second row, Aunt Carolyn and Aunt Faye over here. Would you give them a great big hand? This is some of our family. This is Sister Amy's great aunts. And so would you give them a great, great, great big hand? We love them and appreciate them. Glad they're here today. This is how the devil works, and we even find this from the Apostle Paul. Are, is there anyone here today that would say that the devil has been a professional at getting the word to you to discourage you? Is anybody that'll shoot a hand up and say, I've experienced that? In 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, the word says, Paul said, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. See, God uses what the devil means for evil. He turns it around for good. But it's important to see how Satan himself sends a messenger And the word buffet there in the the Greek means to strike with the fist, to strike or to send a blow with the fist. Oftentimes it feels like one blow after another that the enemy brings against you. See, for King Hezekiah, it was the looming threat of this attack by the king of Assyria that brought such fear upon the king and brought fear even upon the whole land. But for you and for me today, the messenger of Satan can be many, many different things. It can be sickness that comes and the devil will tell you you're going to die in the middle of it. It could be disease that overtakes your body. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. Maybe it's marital problems or divorce or maybe past hurt. Maybe it's the loss of a job that sends you spiraling into fear of what are we going to do. Maybe it's a business that is struggling. Maybe it's the lack of self-worth. Maybe it's even suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's addictions to drugs or alcohol or sexual perversions or even nicotine. Maybe it's the feelings of rejection. Maybe it's generational curses. You're having to fight the same devils that mama fought or daddy fought. Maybe it's that long lasting pain of past abuse that you've not been able to find healing from. Maybe it's depression that seems to plague your mind or anxiety that comes by way of fear. Maybe it's insecurities or instabilities in your life. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's brokenness on the inside. Maybe it's emptiness. Maybe it's a guilt that you've been living with for so long. The list goes on and on and on, and you plug in in your own life that thing that the devil seems to be using against you to drain The life out of you and keep you down and keep you discouraged and keep you living in fear. You know better than anybody else what you're battling. You know, today, actually, most of the time, let me just say, you do know, but perhaps there are those maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't even realize what you've become. Maybe you don't even realize how you are and how you're acting and what you're doing and how you're treating others and how your actions are affecting other people, whether it be your spouse or your children or friends. Maybe you don't realize how far you've drifted from a place of stability in your walk with God, a place of commitment in your walk with the Lord, a place of strength and power and anointing in your walk with God. Maybe you don't realize how weak you've become, maybe. See, for King Hezekiah, he sent a word to the prophet Isaiah. See, the prophet was the intercessor. The prophet was the one that had the direct line unto God himself, and this was Hezekiah's prayer unto unto Isaiah. He told him, he said, this day is a day of trouble. This is a day of rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth and there is not strength to bring forth. Listen now. See, the word trouble there means what you'd think. It means uh, adversary or adversary. It means uh, adversity rather, affliction. It means anguish or distress. It means tribulation in your life. The word rebuke actually means chastisement or correction or even an argument. The New Living Translation translates that word as insults blasphemy there is and I didn't fully understand this word I, I, I find myself many times being a a student of, of, of I guess you'd say language oftentimes because I want to know what the meaning is I don't just take it at face value oftentimes there's deeper things to learn but The word that was defined in in the Hebrew for blasphemy was contumely, and I've never heard that word before, but it means insulting language. I think we could also call it trash talk. How many of you know the devil knows how to trash talk? It means contempt or a disregard for something, a feeling that a person is worthless, and it also means scorn, a belief that somebody is despicable. See, The king of Assyria and his messenger, they weren't ridiculing King Hezekiah necessarily or even the people, they were ridiculing King Hezekiah's God, our God. Are you hearing me? In verse 4, the Bible says that King Hezekiah asked that the Lord hear the words of the messenger of Satan and reprove them, or in other words, dispute them, correct them, prove them wrong. King Hezekiah, the Bible says, turn to the Lord because so much was at stake. How many of you are glad today that we have one that's forever making intercessions for us? Are you thankful today that we have one just like the prophet Isaiah that is that stood in the gap for us when we couldn't do it ourselves? Aren't you thankful for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today? What's interesting here, though, is the way that Hezekiah describes it He says this is a day of trouble and a a, a day of rebuke and a day of blasphemy. And he describes it as a woman that is about to give birth but had no strength to push. You see, up to this point, things had been wonderful in Jerusalem. Read the chapters previous. You'll find that King Hezekiah had experienced a, a spiritual awakening. There was revival that was in the air. King Hezekiah led the way in the land of Israel for them to turn back unto the Lord and away from idol worship and things were good, and the feeling was that things were only gonna get better. That's how they felt. Things are good and gonna get better. But verse 5 tells us that King Hezekiah, he trusted in the Lord. And matter of fact, there, there was not a king like him before him, nor a king after him. That's a pretty good testimony, ain't it? Verse 6 says that he clave to the Lord. Verse 7 tells us, and the Lord was with him and prospered whithersoever he went. That's 2 Kings 18. He was with him and prospered him. But it also says this that he rebelled against the king of Assyria. Listen to me now. He rebelled, brother Caleb, against the king of Assyria and served him not. See, everything was going great until the king of Assyria caught wind that Israel was rebelling. Now this brings us back to 2 Kings chapter 19 where this evil messenger said, the Lord cannot deliver you. Are you hearing me today? King Hezekiah declares, we have no strength. We can't even push. We can't push any longer. Stay with me now. How many have been there? How many have been there? How many are there right now that God has blessed you, God has prospered you, God has moved in your life, you've experienced great awakening in your soul, you've experienced a revival in your life, you've claimed to the Lord, you've served the Lord, He's placed dreams inside of you, He's put an anointing on you and in you, He's filled you with life and joy, are you hearing me? Life and joy and peace, He's put an expectation in you uh, for great and of greater things in your life. There's been such an awakening in you, such a change in you, but now all of a sudden the devil has caught wind that you're serving the Lord and you're in total rebellion against his desires for you. Are you hearing me? The devil caught wind and so he sent messengers to discourage you to depress you, to put you in fear, to cause you to buckle, to cause you to give in, to cause you to return back to submission unto him. And as a result of all the attacks, you feel like your strength is gone. Your hopes, your dreams, your promises, your calling, your destiny, it's all in the birth canal of your spiritual life, but you have no strength to push. Listen to me now. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is trying to speak to some folks in here that you're not as on fire for the Lord as you used to be. You're not as committed as you used to be. You're not as as strong as you used to be. You used to be strong. You used to be on fire, Oh, but somehow... Maybe it's been life that you've been through. Maybe it's been trouble. Maybe it's been rebuke. Maybe it's been the blasphemy of the enemy. It could be a number of things, but somehow you have found yourself with all those dreams and promises and everything that God put in your spirit in the birth canal of your life, and you don't have the strength to push. In your spirit, you feel... King Hezekiah, it's a day of trouble day of adversity and affliction, a day of rebuke. The enemy is chastising you. Every which way you turn, it's a battle. Every which way you turn, it's another struggle. It's something else that's come up. You get over one thing only to face another. It's a day of rebuke. The enemy's taunting you. Enemy enemy's speaking in your ear. He's doing all. It's a day of blasphemy where he's he's speaking insults even about your God. He's saying all this stuff to discourage you and to tear you you down and you feel as though it's also a day of denial. It feels like your breakthrough will never come. But I want somebody to shout, hold on just a minute. Would somebody shout it out with Brother Marshall? Hold on just a minute. Turn to somebody and say it to them: Hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute because I want to make this declaration right now. The same God that placed this dream within me is going to bring it out of me. Whoa! I said the same God that placed this dream in me is going to bring it out of me. The same God that put the hope in me is going to bring it to fruition. The same God that saved me is going to keep me. The same God that filled me is going to refill me. The same God that healed me is going to walk with me. Are you hearing me? The same God that planted it in my soul is going to bring it out of me. Give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. I know you don't know what I'm doing. Nobody knows what I'm doing, but I want you to unmute this mic. You don't have to have it in any of these speakers. Pull it up for the live stream because I want them to hear you. I want us to look at what happened. Chapter 19, first thing we find in verse 1, that Hezekiah, when he heard it, he rent his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. You know what he did? He called on the Lord. He humbled himself. And called on the Lord why is it that some folks have gotten where the most of the phone calls they're making is 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 to the doctor most of the phone calls they're making is to the banker or to the counselor it's time there's a revival of folks calling out on the Lord again are you hearing me calling out on the Lord brother Stephen is as great as the doctors took care of you from what I'm understanding from your testimony it was that little prayer meeting that you had that oh because when he was sharing it with me he couldn't even hardly get it out because he was crying on the other end. I've had that happen to me with a couple grown men this week where I thought I'd lost them. I hadn't you know the connection was lost. It wasn't the connection that was lost. They were squalling and crying on the other end and we us guys we don't do the ugly cry talking. You know what I'm saying? We have to wait and we can clear our throat just a little bit but all of a sudden he began to talk and to share it with me. Listen to me today, if you want your family to experience the power of God, if you want your marriage to experience the power of God, if you want to experience the power of God, you yourself, it's going to start by you humbling yourself before the Lord and calling out on the Lord. Are you hearing me? Call out on the Lord. How many of you know he hears us when we cry? How many of you believe he hears us when we call out unto him? He hears us when we pray. He called on the Lord, the prophet Isaiah We find the very first words of the Lord The Lord addressed part of the problem Part of the problem wasn't the enemy The problem first was what was going on inside of Hezekiah in the words of the Lord in verse number six, thus saith the Lord, be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard. Look at somebody and tell them right now, don't be afraid of what you've heard. Don't be afraid of what you've heard. Ooh, I, I, I'm looking at some folks in here today that you know what it is to get some bad reports. You know what it is to get some bad reports. You know what it is for folks to tell you everything's wrong and what's going wrong and all. But can I tell you today, fear is Gotta go in the name of Jesus. I said, fear it. Fear has got to go in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me today? Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard. Well, the problem with some is because they can't differentiate. I know that's a different word to use, but they can't differentiate between when God's speaking and the devil's speaking because the devil disguises himself as an angel of light, and we'll listen to what he's got to say, and oftentimes, and he'll tell us it's not going to go good. It's This is going to end badly. You're not going to make it. You're never going to have your breakthrough. You're a nobody. You're sorry. You're weak. You're empty. All these things. But how many of you know the devil is a liar and the father of it? Are you hearing me today? And so this morning, we need to serve a notice that fear has got to go in the name of Jesus. I said fear has got to go in the name of Jesus. fear not, occurs in 144 verses of the King James Bible. Be not afraid, occurs in 54 verses of the King James Bible. Think the Lord's trying to send the message, quit being scared, quit being afraid. Quit allowing a spirit of fear to take over. And I know we don't want to realize how fear operates, but listen to me. Fear is a spirit, and it comes. When you're discouraged, you are without courage. You are feeling down and out, and you feel like it's hopeless. Are you hearing me today? When you're depressed, your spirit is pushed down because of circumstance and situation. This is how fear operates. And it's one of Satan's greatest weapons against the children of God. Even King Hezekiah, it hit him slap upside the head and the first thing the Lord wanted to tell him was don't be afraid because of what you've heard. Are you hearing me today? Paul said it this way that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Some of you need to get your mind made up just like Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 that you're through being down and out. You're through being discouraged. You're through being depressed. You're through living with anxiety Anxiety, you've recognized it is nothing but a devil that is battling your life, and you're not gonna take it anymore in the name of Jesus. Get up, shake yourself, and put on the armor of God and rebuke the devil and tell him to leave in the name of Jesus. Quit putting up with it. Verse 7. The Lord said, Behold, I will send a blast upon him. See, the first thing you better do is call on the Lord. The second thing is recognize fear has to go. And the third thing, watch God work. Faith over fear. Activate your faith and watch God work. Work. I, I know everybody's saying it. Me and my daughter-in-law kind of have a running joke about it, but I'm going to say it this morning, anyways, because I wrote it down while I was while I was preparing for this message. So I want you to look at somebody and say these four words. Won't he do it? Come on, do it for me, Bubba. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I know everybody's saying it. I know some some kind of abuse it. That's why I don't say it. But I want to tell you today that he will. Will do it. I said he will do it. Oh, somebody needs to know he will do it. I said he will do it. He'll turn it around. Do you believe today we serve a turnaround God? He will do it. He's a turnaround God. Verse seven, the Lord said, "Behold, I will send a blast upon him." He said he'll hear a rumor. He's gonna go home. And he's going to die by the sword in his own land. Are you hearing me? That word rumor means just what you think. Something heard. News, announcement, report. He heard a rumor. I love that. Heard a news report that caused them to run home, caused them to be defeated, caused caused them to go and turn the sword in their own land and die there. And the beautiful part about it is that the Lord rammed the devil off, defeated the devil, and Israel, we're talking about the king of Assyria, and Israel didn't even have to clean up the mess. God works in awesome ways, doesn't he? In Isaiah 59 and 19, stay with me. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will what? Lift up what? A standard against him. Stay with me. See the lift up a standard, we'd think that would be four words, but it's actually one word in the Hebrew, and it's the word pronounced noose, and it means to vanish away, to put to flight, to drive hastily. I I believe if we look at this a little further today, then we can understand that it was God. God is saying in Isaiah 59 and 19 that the enemy may have come in like a flood, and he may have had you surrounded, but when the Holy Ghost shows up, he's going. To cause that devil you're staring down to have to retreat. And oh, somebody needed to hear that today. Have to run because God Almighty has showed up right in the middle of your life, in the middle of your circumstance, and the devil has no choice but to run and to flee. James 4, verse 7: Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He'll flee. James 2 and 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. And listen to this. The devils also believe and what? Tremble. I, you know, the devil may not be scared of me. and He's not scared of you. But I can tell you who he is scared of. The Jesus inside of us. Hallelujah. Woo! I said he's scared of the Jesus inside of you. Can I show you proof, Shelby? Would you just wave at everybody one more time? That little old lady, I imagine that there's been a bulletin put out in hell or in the forces of darkness that declares this. Don't mess with Shelby Smith because she has got faith that I move mountains and they're scared of the Jesus inside of her. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 8. I want to turn there because I want you to see it, because I want you to get it in your spirit today. In Luke chapter 8, verse 27. In verse 28, the Bible says, and Jesus is over against Galilee, in verse 27, and when he went forth to the Lamb, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils a long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. He lived in the cemetery. Verse 28, And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit would have me share that with you for you to fully grasp and understand the authority of Jesus, the Son of the living God. How many of you have Jesus living in your heart today if you do shout amen? How many of you are a child of God in this place today? Washed in the blood of Jesus. How many of you has your name been written in the Lamb's book of life and you've got eternal life because I want you to know that if Jesus is living inside of you, the devils tremble at, at the mention of his name. Matter of fact, the truth trembling is so great that the demons even describe it as being tormented by the name of Jesus, by the presence of Jesus. Hear me today. In Mark chapter 1, verse 27, it says, For with authority he commandeth even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Do you know today that the devil doesn't have a choice? That when God says it, he's got to obey There's not some big showdown between God and the devil. The showdown was won on on Calvary, on Golgotha's hill when Jesus died on an old rugged cross and three days later rose again. The victory's already been won and the devil can't stand it, but victory is already ours. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. So what I'm saying quit putting up with what the devil's doing quit letting what the devil's screaming in your ear send you into fear and this depression and discouragement and oppression quit letting the devil gain ground in your life and realize god's about to do something god's about to work and he's going to use you to do it in luke chapter 9 Verse 1, he said, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Not some devils. He said all devils. Somebody say all. Whoo. All devils. Oh, how we need the Holy Ghost to send an awakening to our hearts. Most of the things folks are going through is spiritual battles. Spiritual battles will affect your physical man. If we would ever gain the knowledge and not be ignorant of Satan's devices, if we would get the advantage of spiritual warfare, we would recognize that we can have victory over this in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? You need to call on the Lord. Fear's got to go and watch God work. And in the midst of it, just keep pushing. Look at somebody, tell them, keep pushing. Keep pushing, brother Doug. Keep pushing. Keep praying until something happens. Keep praising until something happens. Keep preparing until something happens. Just keep pushing. You can't give up now. I said you can't give up now. Well, we're talking about your home. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your family. We're talking about your friends. We're talking about your marriage. We're talking about your livelihood. Just keep pushing. I know the devil wants you to quit and throw in the towel, but just keep pushing. It's not time to allow weariness to take over. It's time to keep pushing. You can't quit now. Why? Because you're about to give birth to your greatest victory. You're about, you've are got to be. You're pregnant with hope. You're pregnant with victory. You're about to give birth to the greatest victories of your life. But pastor, I have no strength left. Would you turn to somebody and just tell them that? I know we normally don't do anything negative, but I want you to tell somebody I have no strength left. Just tell them real quick. I appreciate so much you finally have realized that and willing to confess it to your neighbor. Because <laughs> now God can show up. Now you've quit ignoring it. Now you're realizing it. See, Joel said in chapter 3, verse 10, let the weak say what? I am strong. Now I want you to turn turn to that same neighbor, and I want you to tell him, I am strong tell somebody, I am strong. Come on, say it like you really mean it. I am strong. I'm not talking about your physical muscles. I'm talking about your spiritual muscles. He said, let the weak say, I am strong. Are you hearing me today? Why would I say that, Pastor, if it's not true? Because it is true. Because we may be weak in ourselves, but we are strong in in the Lord greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. The word strength that is used in Second Kings chapter 19 in the Hebrew means strength, power, and might. Stay with me now. This same word for strength occurs 127 times in the King James Bible. We find it in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 10 where Nehemiah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we're not able to build the wall. While I believe the application of this message, First of all, primarily, must be to us individually. Can I say to every person that is a part of the impact team and part of part of CrossPoint Church that the devil would like nothing more than for us to allow our strength to be gone, to be diminished, where we're weak and where we're weary, to where just as we read in Nehemiah chapter four that the strength is gone, the bearers of the, the strength of the bearers of burden is decayed. There's much rubbish, and we're not able to build. That's what the devil wants. But can I tell you today that God Almighty has a way of turning things around? Hallelujah. Oh, I was praying even early in the early hours of this morning. I do believe, church, that God's taken us to those 10 acres over there. I believe we're gonna see a church build over there. I believe it's gonna happen before the rapture. But can I tell you today, somehow, some way, if we have to tarry just a little while, and we got to keep setting up and breaking down. I know we're tired and we're weary, but the Lord's going to give us strength to keep doing it, that one more soul can be saved, that one more life can be changed, at Jesus Christ, I ain't got nobody helping me on that, but I'm going to say it, he's going to give us strength to do what he's called us to do. Strength, strength to push, keep pushing. That same word strength in Second Kings 19 is the same word of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me saying this. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. The very word power there is the same word for strength in 2 Kings 19, and the declaration is this. It's not going to be by your might, and it's not going to be by your power. It's going to be by the Spirit of the Lord of hosts. Are you hearing me today? Hallelujah. He's saying it's not going to be by your strength. Your strength will wear out, but I can do all things through Christ's water. that strengthens me. So it's not by my might and it's not by my power, but it's going to be by the Spirit of the living God. Are you hearing me today? That word power there that we see in the Hebrew. I want us to jump to Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Because where we read earlier, you shall receive power. Power! Everybody say power. You'll receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. If you was to read it, it looks like dynamis, almost like dynamite. Matter of fact, that is the root word for dynamite, and it means miraculous power. Listen now. It means strength. It means ability. It means an inherent power, a power that's inside of you rending a thing by virtue of its nature. How many of you know when you got saved, you laid down the old man and you became a new creature and when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost you were filled with the power and the fire of God that word dunamis is what we need. We need that dunamis to be here today how are we going to have a breakthrough we're going to have a breakthrough by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I say by the the power of the Holy Ghost I know it's time for me to close but I got just a little further to go not much but just a little further listen if we jump back to 2 Kings 19 let me get our musicians first 2 Kings 19 verse 3 The children are come to birth, and there's not strength to bring forth. Our children are come to the birth. See, the Hebrew word for to the birth, it's one word in Hebrew, and it means place of breaking forth. Hear me now. See, it it means the opening of the womb. One definition was matrix of the womb. But it's the place of breaking forth. Sounds like a breakthrough to me. I said, sounds like a breakthrough to me. Woo, I said, it sounds like a breakthrough to me. Woo. What do we need in order to have our breakthrough? You need what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You need the Holy Ghost to come upon you. What did he say? He said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, you're going to receive power, that strength, power, and ability to fill you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's going to give you the strength that you need today to push your way into your breakthrough some of you have lost that heart of praise that you used to have some of you have lost that passion that you used to feel you've lost it it's gone but can i tell you we serve a god of restoration we serve a a god of resurrection and he's here today to bring back to life everything He's going to strengthen you to push your way into your breakthrough. Ah, there's a, a medical term, I can't remember what it was, but there's a medical term of when a woman comes to the place that she feels, and, and the way they described it was that she's got a push. They described it at, as to bear down. When she felt like she had to. Bear down or to push—it was something that happens in her body, and she feels that she's got to push. I'm asking the, ooh, I'm asking the Holy Ghost, brother Marshall, to stir some folks up today. Oh, I know you're there, and those promises and those dreams and that calling—it's in the birth canal, and you're tired and you're weary. But I'm asking the Holy Ghost to stir some folks up today. Where you feel like you gotta bear down, that you gotta push just a little bit more. Come, Holy Ghost. Give us power, Holy Ghost. Give us power, Holy Ghost. Ah. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you're going to receive power. See, I believe somebody is about to give birth in here. I said somebody is about to give birth in here. Somebody is about to give birth in here. You just got to make up your mind. I'm going to push just a little longer. I'm going to praise him just a little bit longer. I'm going to pray just a little bit longer. I'm going to seek him just a little bit longer. Keep pushing. It's time for a Holy Ghost explosion in your life. Did you hear me? Greater than you ever experienced. And Sister Gina, we've been in some powerful services together. Greater than that, God hasn't changed. It's us. It's us. We've allowed our own faith to grow weary. We've allowed our expectations to be diminished. We've stopped coming with anticipation. And just like a mama who's looking for the moment that that baby's born, that she can hear the cry, that she can let it be laid on her chest, that mama is pushing with expectation. We need God to stir some folks up again with expectation at your praise. Your body may not feel like it, but you need to put a praise on and magnify your God. It's time for a Holy Ghost explosion. That word dunamis, I told you that's where dynamite comes from. The root word for dynamite, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Explosive power, Holy Ghost, and fire power. Are you hearing me? Verse 7 of 2 Kings 19, he said, Behold, I will send a blast upon him. That word blast in the Hebrew, listen to this. It means breath. It means wind. It means spirit. He said, I'm going to send a blast see the devil may be getting a little too close to you right now and he may be so close he's whispering in your ear but I triple dog dare somebody today to stir up a praise on the inside of you to push a little longer to pray until something happens cause any minute now the Holy Ghost and fire's gonna show up and when he does the devil's gotta run Gonna send a blast. Would somebody shout, Do it, Jesus! Do it, Jesus! Do it, Jesus! Do it, Jesus! I often call him Holy Ghost baptizer. Today we're gonna call him the detonator. (laughs) Woo! he's the detonator glory to God and he's in this place today to detonate I said he's here today to detonate he's here today to send the Holy Ghost and fire up in this place for everybody that's weary for everybody that's tired for everybody that's exhausted he's got a power and a strength for your life he's here he's here and he's ready to Explode in this place. Would you stand? Take a moment, like others are, and just shoot your hands up right now. Oh, send the Holy Ghost, Lord! Detonate in this place, detonate, Lord. That word detonate means to explode or to cause to explode. Lord, would you do it? Would you do it today? Would you pour out? Would you send Holy Ghost fire? We've been hearing the devil run his mouth long enough. Would you send your power? Would you send your strength? Would you send your fire, Lord? Holy Ghost, I know you may be weary. I know you may be tired, so tired. I know you may be exhausted. But if you'll stir up a little bit of faith right now, a little bit of strength right now to push just a little longer, the Holy Ghost is about to cause a detonation in in your life of His power and His strength. Oh, and it's going to be so powerful. See, this is how I imagine it. The word called it a rumor. Lord said it's in a rumor. I don't know what the rumor was. Maybe it was they've got explosives, they've got weapons of fire. I don't know what it was. But it was a wind, a blast and the enemy ran and the enemy w- went was defeated somewhere else where the enemy had to run. Are you hearing me today? I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how long the battle's been but I do know there's at least one in this place today that I say what I need is a Holy Ghost detonation in my life. What I need is an Acts 1 and 8 experience. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. Come upon me right now. I need him. I need him. Who needs his strength today? Who needs his power today? Who needs his intervention today? It's time to detonate. It's time to detonate. Get out from where you're standing and run down to this altar if you need him today. Come on, come on, come on. Move now. We need him. We need we need him send your fire Lord send your fire Lord send your power oh mighty God I'm tired I'm weary I need Holy Ghost power I'm tired I'm weary I need Holy Ghost power